Hell yeah. Do you hear that? It's the opening of Don't Be an Idiom, the podcast uh, origin show. And it's also our yeah. band, yeah. Lucky Star, that played for the first time in 17 years. <laughs> yeah, so just a couple days ago. We know you were all there. In spirit. And you were loving it. <laughs> or, or hating it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was nice. Too loud. Was- oh! <laughs> Oh, damn loud. It was... Uh, it was loud. You know what? I thought it'd be louder. Me too. Um, it wasn't that loud to me. Actually, I woke up today and I was like, oh, my ears are barely ringing. My ear... Yeah. I've... Uh, somehow I've not had as much trouble with the, the ears over the course of this... Yeah. Alex cursed months. me. <laughs> I think he got the gaboosh from He Alex. did. He did. He was like... When we first started practicing for the big show back in February, he's like, does anybody's ears ring all the time? And I was like, what? And then I swear. The <laughs> you next, started hearing it. The next time it was just like, Wee! And now it's all the time. Well, if you have tinnitus, we hope that by listening to our podcast, it covers up some of the ringing um, or contributes to it. That's either, either one of those things are possible. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Is that a dumb and dumb quote? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today. This is the podcast that explores the origin stories of common phrases and idioms. And uh, we got, surely we have a couple of and good some ones. Some not you. so common. Some some that are brand new. Some you're like, can, what? You, can you be up front with me? Do you have a, a very uncommon <clears throat> idiom today? No, I would say mine is quite common. Oh, okay. But I would say mine is, I, I think people know what mine is. But yeah. I feel like there's going to be some people who don't. We're like, I don't know what that is. We're going to be getting some angry letters. That's Lots okay. Of angry letters. I don't care about that. So before we get started, uh, anything new with you, Al? Um, oh, I had uh, a heart we, attack. We, I, had a, I had another heart attack. Jesus. Um, <clears throat> uh, they're no big deal now. Um, but I had my first uh, Kool-Aid pickle. Oh yeah, right, a Kool-Aid pickle. <laughs> it was Big Raj's 40th, big 40th birthday and uh I'll someone, tell you what, someone brought Kool-Aid pickle. For our for our international listeners, a Kool-Aid pickle is probably not something you're going to come in, come across very often. I mean, I didn't know it was going to happen. I mean, I should have assumed it's it would more, happen in America, but Yeah, it's I think it's more likely if you I think if anyone had to pick a country where a Kool-Aid pickle might happen, definitely America. It's America. Yeah. So, um yeah, you wanna you wanna maybe teach the the folks of the world how yeah. to how to do this. Yeah, so we were over at Raj's party, and this you know the person uh, Sally. Yeah, Sally. she's a she's a waitress at Miss Rachel's pantry. Yeah, she was like where Raj's a chef. Brought Kool Aid pickles, and yeah. they pulled out four red jars of pickles, <laughs> and I was like. What? <laughs> and I immediately went over to her with like a pen and paper. I was like, "What? What is all this?" <laughs> and um, she's like, "Oh yeah, it's like it's exactly what it sounds like. It's Kool Aid and pickles." So before even trying it, I knew I would love it. And then yeah. I tried it, and I was like, "I love it even more than I thought I would." Yeah. And uh, so yeah, you just like you just take the pickles, you just buy regular pickles, and you pour out some of the brine, and then you make the kool-aid and you pour it in there leave it in the fridge for five days and bam you're the hit of the next barbecue wow so i've never seen or heard time, of i think for fourth of july yeah i i, I ate one 
Mm-hmm. I liked and that it. was enough. <laughs> I, I, I ate it, and I knew that Albert would be a fan. Yeah, I didn't like eat a lot of them, but I was yeah. I was so thrilled with the unique flavor. And the best part was when they left, and when everyone was leaving the party, there was still pretty much like three and a half jars of Kool Aid pickles, and nobody <laughs> wanted them, so I got them. Yeah. Have you have you eaten more since? I keep forgetting they're in there. Oh, okay. I mean, and the thing is, is like we went to a barbecue the other day at Pete's. I could have brought them there. Right. I went over to Jess and Justin's yesterday. I, I could have brought them there. So I'm I'm You're messing. Up. Opportunities. I'm going to bring a jar to my aunt's um, retirement party tonight. Good, good. All right, so the Kool-Aid pickles yeah. shall be consumed. You know what? It's just going to get people interested in you if you bring oh, them. Oh, right. You know? Like They're going to be like, what is like your the, deal? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the other half of your haircut? <laughs> what is your deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah that it's is, good. Try them it's out. A bold, it's a bold thing to bring to a gathering, Yeah, but uh, it suits you. It does. It's yeah, quite well. I do love pickles. Yeah, me too. That's spicy pickles. I like spicy pickles. Yeah, you see, you could add that in too. A spiced Kool-Aid pickle. Spiced Kool-Aid pickle. <clears throat> um, also, what you could do is... Oh, no, not what you could do. It's like, you know, some people don't like bread and butter pickles. Mm-hmm. I love them. I'll, I, I'll be honest. Yo, it, it, no, no. It, well, I prefer dill, but it took me until I was maybe like... Dirty to even approach a bread and butter pickle. See, my thing about now, now I'll eat them, but I, I I want I want that dill. Well, see, the thing about dill is, depending on the company that's making them, sometimes they're not good. Like um, sometimes, like a dill pickle has is like off. Because mm. uh, you're right, I love a dill pickle, and like if you get them out of the barrel, yeah, at the deli, they're great. Oh yeah, um, but that's a whole different thing too, right? Um, but some brands of dill pickles are trash. But like, I have not really had a bad bread and butter one, but some people just won't eat them at all. Dude, there's this Jewish deli in Cherry Hill that has a pickle bar and it's like, it's like 12 different pickled things. Really? And if you, if you order anything, you can just go to the bar. It's like free. Have as much as you want. Yes. But they're not all pickles. They're pickled things. Yeah. They're pickled snails. (laughs) Well, I mean, like cauliflower and I don't know other things, but, but also, you know, cucumber, pickled cucumber. Yeah. What about those? Uh, what age do you think you were when you figured out that a pickle was a cucumber? Thirty-nine <laughs> and a half last year. <laughs> Did you just find this out right now in the moment? No. Okay. No, I know that they're. I know oh, okay. that they're. Uh, yeah, I know. I know you know cucumbers. Um, you ever had a pickled egg? I love pickled eggs. Where do you get them? Uh, good question. Didn't oh, well, they? They, they, they used I've to sell one. them at the Pope. Did they? Yeah, I think so. You know what? I think the only time I've ever actually had them is my old roommate, Jess. She would go to, you know, she's from like a Reading mm-hmm. area and they have different supermarkets than we do. They have like a Weiss, W-E-I-S. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen know? it. And, uh, or Weiss. And uh, she brought me back a couple of pickled eggs once and I was like, this is great. But I've yeah. never just like gone to a bar and like, like Moe's. You know, Moe's Tavern from he's the- like whoever gets the black egg is the designated driver <laughs> what about a pickled pig's feet I don't think so because I don't we- think I've had regular pig's feet I think I got one once where and uh but I'm I'm it, maybe it was a, a fever dream or something yeah but uh yeah and you have to like eat around oh no 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 uh Shelly and I went eat to eat around the hoove we went to a, a Vietnamese like hole in the wall in Philly and there was just like a pig's foot in there and you like eat around the bone. It was, it was a little funky. You had it? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. okay. But it there wasn't was pickled. O- there was only one? There was one in the bowl. 
It just said, I dare you on a really antiquated post-it note. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, uh, we're probably talking about it pickles too much. One more uh, thing, pickles. Yeah, yeah. When we went to the Colonial Cafe years ago with my dad, uh-huh. which is in like, you know, near Chalene's out in that. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, whatever. Woodlawn area. Woodstown? Woodst- no, no. Mm. Westville. Westville. Yeah, well, all that. Whatever. Near the circle. But they had a jar of like pickled, uh, like, I don't know if they were hot dogs or sausages or whatever, but um, at the time I was vegan. So I was like, you gotta get them and my my dad and brother got them and they were like (laughs) (laughs) pretty gross (laughs) yeah but i still think about them i'm gonna go back all right anyway we are sponsored by um mr pickles pickle emporium and we urge you to to contribute and get your mail order pickles today yeah go ahead get them um, but what we're really here to talk about is the origin finders story. Finders fee for Find, the for fi- We're here really here to talk about our finders fee. <laughs> no, <laughs> we yes. We found the pickles. <laughs> uh, no, we're here to talk about some some phrases and where they come from. Yup. And we're, we're also here to guess the origins. Got that right. And today's game is brought to you by... Danielle Kukon. She got me for my for my birthday. You know she, someone named Danielle Kukon? Kukon. I always think it's funny. I always forget her last How, name. Who is this? That's, I don't know that's them. Jake's girlfriend. My brother's girlfriend. Oh, Danny. Okay. Kukon. I had never um, heard her last name before. Right. It sounds kind of wacky, like a character. What's the What's the nationality of that uh, that last name? Hmm. Where's that come from? I think it's uh. Where's the dodo bird from? <laughs> <laughs> the Galapagos. <laughs> Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> she's Galapagosian, I think. That's she's from. <laughs> her ancestors come from the same place as the dodo bird. Yeah, like a uh, <clears throat> one of those weird um, iguanas. Like well, just, you shouldn't say weird. A, a weird iguana. The island that she's from is weird. No, uh, I said a, a weird iguana. Oh, okay. like a, a, a an odd looking iguana. Mm-hmm. Just like opened up its mouth, it was like what, and that's where her family came from. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she gave me these Rick and Morty dice because in this show, if you're a first time listener, we have to play a game first to see who goes first. I'm I'm sorry. So dodo birds, they they, <laughs> they once lived on Mauritius, which is an island off the coast of Madagascar. There you go, Madagascar. So She's from there. She, Danny's from Madagascar. I guess. <laughs> Is that true? I doubt it. Do they do people? <laughs> but where did you come up with that? Because I think Kukon, Cuckoo Bird, Dodo Bird, <laughs> Galapagos. Oh, this is a simpleton's logic. <laughs> it's it's lo- It's just logic. All right. Well, we'll we'll text her. I'm working later. in a no internet space here. <laughs> Cuckoo Bird, Dodo Bird. <laughs> Anyway, she gave me these cool Rick and Morty dice. And, yeah, those are great. And we figured, um, because <clears throat> I saw an ad for the Flying Saucer Pizza Company just the other day, and I sent it to Ryan, where we it's had It's in the, Salem, Massachusetts, right? Where we had the Pickle Rick Pizza. Right. We might as well roll for whoever gets During the During our Doobie Monster road trip. Yes. Yeah. Right, which so. you're very familiar with. They should, you should be. Because you're, you know, really diehard listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we just figured we would roll for who can ever get the most uh, Pickle Ricks. Great. And Love you it. win. Good. One roll. That's it. One roll. Most Pickle Ricks. Cha. Zero Pickle Ricks. Zero Pickle Ricks. <laughs> Come on, roll off. Come yeah. on, roll off. Yeah. <laughs> Tie for a zero. 
squanchy's not what we want. <gasps> he got zero pickles oh, too. But I got again. so many squanchies. Go again, go again. <laughs> Boom. I got two. two. Zero again. You know oh what I just God. realized? Wow. What I just realized what? is we decided before the show started that we were going to do Pickle Rick's win, and we talked so much about pickling. Oh. And we did not plan that. Weird. What is the odd? What are the odds? What is the odds? What is the odd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I didn't, uh, yeah. It's just another one of those weird things that happens here on Don't Be, be an Idiot Island. Island. Okay. So. All right. I so, hope, yeah. Let's see what let's see what he's got. A couple us, hours ago, me and Ryan were texting back and forth, and I was like, you know, he was like, "Oh, you ever wonder if we're running out of idioms?" So I was like, "You ever wonder if your idiom's not an idiom?" And Ryan, all I can say to that is, "Say it ain't so." Say it. Say ain't it so. ain't so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, this is a common phrase, right? Um. So it's definitely like a part of our the English language, right? Um, is it idiomatic? Exactly. Yeah. The, I guess the answer is no. My argument is yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because you're right. At the core, it's just core, is something you can nothing, say, say it ain't so. Yeah, there's nothing figurative about it necessarily. <clears throat> right. But I'm right. sure Al, Albert will eventually make an argument that I do have an argument. It is idiomatic. Yes. Because I think the, the definition of an idiom is that it, it, you if you were to not, not be a part of the language. If you did not speak the language that the idiom exists in, it right. wouldn't make literal sense to you. Right. right? Like, but yeah. But this one like you could yeah, say it ain't so. Right. Like you're really just saying like please say what yeah. you just said is not so. <laughs> right, right. So there's so, nothing and that's the definition. That that's idiomatic the definition. about right. it. Yeah. Say it ain't so. Tell me that what you just said is not true. Right, because I can't handle it. Right, which is all right. I don't don't want to face it. This one feels very literal. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Used to express one's disbelief, disappointment, or grief upon learning some unfortunate truth about someone or something. Weezer, exactly. Well, and right, popular. Wow, very popular. But the thing about that, and this is going to be part of my argument, the second Weezer single or the first, the second, right? I don't remember what the first. I think Sweater Song was their first big. How's that one go? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want yeah. to. Well, I, you, you don't even really hear that song that much anymore. Say it and so, I think, ended up being a bigger right. song off of that first well, album. I would argue because they are using an idiom that people knew, mm-hmm. and that's why mm-hmm. it got bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I, I think they knew it was an idiom. That, and that's the thing about this one that like, <clears throat> I was really interested in because it, like, it's so dang literal, but... Every time anyone says, in my mind, any anytime someone says, "Say it ain't so," yeah, no one's saying that earnestly. No one's saying it just casually, right? Yeah, it's like you're 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 like referencing There's a knowingness something about it. Yeah, say it ain't so. Oh, say it really, ain't no so. one ever says that actually. Not like that. Yeah, so maybe so, that this is a good one to reintroduce to the. Uh, I think this one's important to know where it comes from. Yeah, but good. before I tell you the truth, yeah. Ryan's gonna. I gotta guess. Try to guess where yeah. it comes from. Yeah, our seasoned listeners know that the, there's a guess involved. They know. So ring the guess trumpets. <laughs> Which, you know, I've never. I would never go back. I could never go back and listen to every episode. You know. No. 
but I know that there are things that we've tried, tried to establish as as things that just like we just forget about the next week or we forget about in three weeks, you know? Like, <laughs> but I like ring the guest trumpets. I really like that. <laughs> but we'll forget let's that. Start, <laughs> let's start doing that one. Starting with episode 79, ring in the guest trumpets. Uh-huh. Will be uh, that'll be a thing you are familiar, like as familiar with as the top of the show, right? You know, and the countdown that one lasted. I mean, the something, explosion countdown. We haven't done that in like what six episodes? Are you serious? Yeah, because I don't think anything you listen to the episodes when I ask you to listen. To I them. do, I Thank do. You. There was only one I missed because we were in a weird schedule. But um, why no countdown? Because because uh, I like one of the files crashed, and I would have had to like uh. re-download the. <laughs> All right. Well, I do. We got to bring that back. But there was also the uh, what was when we always fixed our mistakes from the previous episode. Like it was like a um, (laughs) not not um. Oh my god! Set the record straight. Set the record straight. Well, we don't make mistakes now, do we? (laughs) I can't remember a mistake. We've not talked about mistakes. We. I do think we made more mistakes in the front half, the first forty episodes, than the second forty. But um. But, uh, I think the schedule has just been tighter, people. Like we've just been we've been running it's little yeah. ragged. You know, because this isn't a full time job and we have actual jobs, it does get difficult to to squeeze these bu- babies in. Right. Bubbies. All right. Say it ain't so, I'm gonna guess the origin and you you're gonna be blown away by by uh how accurate it ends up being. I know it. I do I do have a strong gut feeling that this is like um a jazz age phrase. Mm. So 1920s uh you know post post World War 1 America. Right. Land of the free. <laughs> so much freedom except you know all the other countries where there's actual freedom. Land of the pickled Kool-Aid. <laughs> pickled Kool-Aid. Can't do that. All right, I, I have to get. This is just like a, my gut reaction with this, and obviously, it's there's going to be some inaccuracies because I don't have the information. But I'm going to say that there was a radio show. Were there radio shows in the 20s? Uh, is that you, too early? I would say so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This might be a. Yes. When did radio start? I don't know if there were radio shows. I in the think 20s. there were. I think there were. Really? There was radio, right? When did radio get invented? Oh, shit, man. I don't know. Well, just go with it in this universe. I got it. I got it. When did radio? <laughs> Two I's and D. <laughs> this is why it's called Don't Be an Idiot, which are both idiots. You're right there with, eight, with, eight, uh, with uh, 1920. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say late 1920s. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the first... Uh, comedy radio shows okay Mm -hmm. and um there was a man named um uh we'll just call him pickle Polly since we're on a pickle we're on a pickle pickle kick um pickle kick Polly, we'll call him great and so obviously not everyone had radios yet right that's like that's like the that's like the 40s and the 50s only the rich people so yeah, yeah, this is like you know this is highfalutin sort of comedic mm-hmm. brilliance here from from uh, uh, pickle. What do we say? Pickleback Rick a Dick Polly. Pickleback Rick a Dick Polly. <laughs> and 
he would he had a, he had a few catchphrases that were really good. Um, one of them was um, "So sue me." That very sure. famous. Uh huh. One of them was, and that's how I ate my mother-in-law. Uh huh. Classic. <laughs> and the third one was, "Say it ain't so." Right. Okay? So he there would be set setups for his jokes. Um, you know that was like. You know, honey, you've got to, <laughs> you got to take out the trash, <laughs> but watch out for the Italians, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, because they the, are sneaking. Cause, yeah, cause, and they're looking around. Because you know, everyone was crazy Suspicious. racist yeah. in the nineteen twenties. I mean, the Irish and the Italians were essentially minorities back in the twenties, <clears throat> right? And so, like, but people on the radio didn't care. Right, because you know they, they were they didn't give a white shit. As paper, <laughs> they were fucking white as shit, and so they'd be like, "Look out for those Italians, honey! Those sneaky Italians!" Yeah, right, and he'd be like, "Okay, Betty Sue," and he'd take out the trash, and oh, she's telling him to take. She's out telling the trash. him to take yeah, out the trash okay. and beware the Italians. Right, um, <laughs> you, you and I would find these offensive. I would today. love that shirt. Take out the trash and beware of the Italians. <laughs> Now that's a shirt. We can easily. We make are allowed that to do that. <laughs> we, we're we're mostly Italian, got, yeah, right? <laughs> so uh, so he goes out, and you know a, f- a few um, a few Italian kids. They're like, "Hey, Mister, <laughs> give us your trash." <laughs> hey, Mister, give us your trash. And he's like, "My wife told me not to give anything to Italians." Uh, or anyone, or really. anyone. Like it's just I, the trash, the trash, and, rules. and only the trash men can take this. And they're like, "But do you got the pizza? You got a slice of pizza in there?" And it's like, "Well, pizza is not really popular yet because <laughs> oh, it's wow, only 1929." Right? Sure. Wow, what a time! I'm, I'm assuming, you know. And they're like, "Um, oh, do you got the cup of cola?" And they're like, "Um, <laughs> in the trash." <laughs> In the in the trash, and he's like, "I only have pieces of broken wood in there," and the kids are like, "Please, Mr. close enough, close, close enough." Uh, and so he gives them he he opens up the trash bag. This is all a bit, guys. By the way, this is all a, like a joke. This is comedy of, this radio is part of show. Pickle Bobby's. This is pickle Polly's ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, shit. Pickle show. I don't know. Um, it's stupid. And so anyway, he opens up the trash bag. He gives them all, you know, piece, pieces of discarded wood, and they go, "Grazie, Mister. Grazie, Signora." <laughs> and then they start just beating the shit out of them <laughs> with the wood. <laughs> okay. And um, they're like, "Take it out, Mister. Take it out." <laughs> and then uh, they're just hitting him, and what he just is on the ground. Getting the shit kicked out of yes. him by three Italian boys. Yes, and then all together now he says, oh, "Say it ain't so." <laughs> so for some reason he does he does it in an Italian accent himself. <laughs> but people at home know it's coming, <laughs> and, and they're loving it. So anyway, there's going to be some inaccuracies here. Obviously, that's not the name of the comedian or the show or anything, but. Something like that, you know. Well, I, people, I guess. people were drinking so much. Was that prohibition then? Or prohibition, yeah. They're drinking more during prohibition, so they're just at home Easy. laughing. They're rich oh, yeah. and drunk. Just, yeah, I mean, the, that's good. That's good. All the liquor coming down from Canada. That's comedy. 
Thanks. We should have Dave bring us some some Arctic liquor. That's a good idea. Since he's a Canadian Wait, is he now. In the Arctic now. He's in the Arctic. In Canada? Is yeah. The Ar- oh shit. Oh, like way up north. What part of Canada is he in? The Arctic. Oh shit! <laughs> Didn't I show you is pictures? The green, his backyard is like the green, uh, the uh, the aurora borealis, like you know the, the green lights. He must really like this girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? I mean, well, you get a, if you really like someone and the aurora borealis, that's pretty sweet. It's I a guess. double whammy. That's nice. But I mean, there's probably just like one bar, and I think you probably like, don't have to work, right? What do you do out there? I, I don't know. I think, snip leaves. I think he snips leaves. <laughs> I think there's boysenberries out there. He, maybe he's a boysenberry farmer. Maybe Dave. Let us know. <laughs> Send us a group message. Let us know if you're a boysenberry farmer now, um, and uh, and just you know how it's going in general. Yeah. Well, yeah. Free healthcare, right? Free healthcare. All right. What there. else? What else you need? <laughs> Nothing. Just that sweet prohibition liquor. Man, that sounds good. Life is good. Okay. I love Wrong. that. There's actually Ryan. You were not far off on the date of when the, this was the all 20s? happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. good. Yes. I, it, it felt like a 20s thing to me. Yeah. I mean, everything else is really odd oh, that yeah. you said. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but like when, I'm you, saying the when, odd when you said, yeah, well, yeah, tables turn in summer. But um, when you said that, I was like, how does this guy nail these things down? But uh, no. So um, you're not far off on the date. The rest of it's not so good. This where, where this comes from is what you need to understand is there's a. There's an extension to this saying, which is, say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so, Joe. That is the part you don't hear. That's the part that gets snipped. Good. And who's Joe? All right. I Joe Biden? Even... <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> That's too it's political. It's not Joe That's Biden. too political. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's none other than shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoe? Who I have always wondered about this guy. Wait, Shoeless Joe Jackson? Yeah. Who's Shoeless Joe Jackson? Well, he was a baseball player. Oh. Yeah. Right. On the the 1919 wow. Chicago White Sox. And were they the same White Sox that they rigged the World Series? The one yeah. and the same. Right. Yes. And they're referenced in uh, The Great Gatsby. Which Are is they a, really? Yeah. Well, so... This is all jazz age shit right uh, Of course. And also... There's a tie-in to Boardwalk Empire as well, which is like something that I watched. Yeah. yeah. And so the quote allegedly comes after the 1919 fixed, and I'm putting fixed in quotations because like- Allegedly fixed. To me, it was. It's just like, it's just hard to navigate exactly what went down. But it was between the Chicago Black Sox Mm -hmm. that they were- Came, came to be known as cool and the Cincinnati Reds so I had heard that term like the Black Sox before and whatever and a lot of um, people attribute that nickname to the like because it was called the Black Sox scandal right. um, but I'm gonna get more into where that name actually come came from a little bit later but there was there was a headline in the Chicago Daily News September 29th 1920 a young nameless lad says, Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. That was like the headline, right? Mm-hmm. But ow, it never <laughs> it actually never happened. That that whole um exchange never really happened. 
They were just selling newspapers. Oh, yeah. But um, because in a 1949 issue of Sport Magazine, Shoeless Joe himself admitted that that never happened at all. That kid... Didn't even exist. No one ever said Satan. So Nobody did said Joe. It. Okay, right. just it was just a. That sounds like a newspaper guy, kind right? Of thing, yeah, right. But um, as with a lot of idioms, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It just matters that it became popular, and mm-hmm. that was the moment that it like, yeah. like broke out onto the scene. So all references Whoa. come from there. Okay, all right. Which implies that it was already a, a, a phrase. It was already something that people said, perhaps. I think it was one of those things. I. I believe that before that date, that is that specific date that you could have said, say it ain't so. Yeah. And it makes sense. It just was. Yeah. It was just you saying it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Like me saying like, that's not true. Is it like, right. but now from that moment on, it's always going to be this it comes into expression. Yeah. Conscious or not. It's mm-hmm. like, it's back to that. Um, so for my research, uh, I just want to mention that I watched the 1988 sports drama called Eight Men Out, <laughs> which was based on the infamous sports drama, which was based on Elliot Asanoff's 1963 book, Eight Men Out, The Black Sox and the 1919 World Series. Uh-huh. So the, the it was taken directly from the book. I love baseball movies. Right. Major well, League. Uh, League of Their Own. Major League. Um, actually, Dreams. believe it or not, Charlie Sheen was in this one too. No way. He was. Really? He was. Huh. Yeah. Actually, it did have an all-star cast. Like John Cusack was in it. Whoa. Um, and he was like one of the good guys. And uh, Did you have so much fun watching it? I did. I wish I would have not had such a stressful timeline to watch it. But yeah, I watched <laughs> it this morning. And um, <laughs> um, and Doc from um, Back to the Future, he was in Christopher it. Christopher Lloyd? Yeah, he was oh. in it. There's somebody else. Oh, uh, Frazier's dad was in it. Whoa. Um, okay. Yeah, he was in it. Nice. There, was, there was a lot of white actors in it. In <laughs> oh. fact, I, well, they're playing a baseball team from 1919. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. But just, just to reference, there was one African-American in the entire movie that had yeah. a speaking part. And I didn't even see any background. Act. It was crazy. It was it was. Like you felt it. It was so white. Right, right. Um, but I know Oscar, hashtag Oscar so white. But I know, I know how that was. Uh, like, because like, Back then, there was like Jackie Robinson didn't happen yet, right? No, and so yeah, there was it was like a totally white, right? Anyway, so, um, here's what you need to know before the scandal happens there was this guy named Charles Kaminsky, and he was the team owner of the White Sox, and he was a cheap ass. Um, now you had mentioned this time period being after World War One, and mm-hmm. they like there was references to being like, you know, he wasn't he wasn't necessarily like like extraordinarily. A cheap ass, like compared to the other, like guys, team yeah. players. But it was like after World War One, everyone was like there wasn't a lot of like money security, mm-hmm. things like that. But he was known to put out these like lavish spreads for reporters and stuff. Like you'd come in, there'd be like champagne and like Ooh. I don't know caviar and grouse, maybe <laughs> like you know. <laughs> but he had his um, he had his players living on a three dollar a day per diem, um, pretty good for, for meals. Pretty yeah, good. Maybe with inflation, it's pretty good. And also, I mentioned before that, um, so it became known as the Black Sox scandal. And really, that nickname started before because one of his ways to cut corners with money was to um, reduce the number of laundry days for their uniforms. Mm-hmm. So those guys would like play in dirty uniforms. Cool. So they were 
also known as the yeah. Black Sox, which I thought was fun. Dude, I, whatever whatever uh, fabric they were playing in, that was not breathable. It was funny looking in the movie. Like, it was yeah. all billowy. <laughs> oh, really? But it yeah. looked thick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. but I guess the world wasn't as hot. I don't know. <laughs> Just to give an idea. Some more political cooling. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to give another idea is the on his team at the time, salaries range from the high end, like where Shoeless Joe was at mm-hmm. $6,000 a year, um, all the way down to like below uh, 3000 mm-hmm. Um There were no unions in baseball yet, and they had this thing called the reserve clause where any player um, that denied any contract, let's say I offered you a contract, but like, hey, I'm going to give you this contract. If you denied it, um, you were not allowed to play anywhere else. In baseball. Even if you're offered a contract? Yeah. That's a and weird then, role. It's strange, right? Yeah, and then sucks. also this, if you were already on a team and then another team offered you another deal, you weren't allowed to leave unless your other team gave you permission. And if you were good, they're sure. never going to let you. Right. So there was actually, um, it was kind of like rampant for gambling and gamblers would would seek out underpaid players and try to get them to oh, yeah. throw games right. to, to make like decent money. And sure. a lot of players did like apparently baseball gambling was like, there were signs in this guy's stadium in the, in the Chicago stadium that was like no gambling allowed in the park. And yet everyone is just like, right. Taking bets, you know? Yeah. So long story short, the way that this all went down, it was in the 1919 World Series, there were eight members of the White Sox that were in cahoots to throw the series. And the deal was for a sum of $10,000 each. Um, now, Which is more than the highest paying right. baseball. Uh, exactly. Like that's the thing. It's like you, you think about that as like $10,000. Now, player. in today's time, um, like the uh, amount $10,000 now uh, was like $166,000. So it was like it was like a decent chunk. Pretty good. You know? Um, <clears throat> so basically, the way that this all started was that first baseman Chick Gandel, he met with Joe Sport Sullivan, who was a bookie in Chicago, started the deal. Now, allegedly, Arnold Rothstein, which if you were a Boardwalk Empire fan, which like I was, um, he was the guy who apparently funded the money for all this deal but he like always kind of stayed in the shadows in the background the deal was to give 40 grand up front and then 40 grand when the when the series was lost damn right it's a good deal but because he never did stuff directly the person that he was brokering the deal through he gave the guys he was like here's ten thousand dollars um you're gonna get more as you lose then he took that other amount of money and started betting on the red oh, Sox <laughs> to that win. seems dangerous though. Oh my God. It's so dangerous. Yeah, right. Like these people are like gangsters and right. shit. Um, so the thing is after they got that 10,000, they got little more after like very little more. I think the total was like a total payout of like $29,000 for all eight players total. So they, they got the like end. gypped 50,000 bucks basically. Totally. Yeah. Oh, they got completely screwed. Um, and that series ended up going uh, a loss to the the Sox. Uh, the, the 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 Chicago team won five to three, in in the whole series. Now, after the series, they played so poor because the White Sox were so good at the time, like mm-hmm. they were like elite, and they thought this was going to be a sweep essentially. So everyone, there was rumors swirling that the um, that the whole thing was a fix. And then in um, 1920, the grand jury subpoenaed 
all these players act, and it was actually based on some other um, believed fix that was going on. And then the pitcher of the White Sox, this guy named Eddie Sicotti, uh, was the first to admit that there was that they had thrown the World Series. Uh-huh. And he had this quote that I thought was kind of cool because it reminds me of something Elvis said. He said, I've lived a thousand years in the last 12 months. Wow. He's like, I, he's like, I had, I've lost everything. My career, my friends all bet on the White Sox, like on us yeah, to right. win. And I couldn't say anything because yeah. like there were like mobsters involved in all this stuff. Right. So, Jesus. Yeah. So he kind of lost everything. Shoeless Joe was the very, ne- he wanted, he wanted to clear his conscience. Now, he swears to this day that he never was took part in this, and he actually played phenomenally in the World Series. Um, so maybe it's true. Exactly. That's the thing. Now, there was like some discrepancy. At one point, he was handed $5,000. You know, there's like different people will tell you he never accepted the envelope. Other people will say he, he took it, but then gave it back later because he felt whatever. But... um after this all started happening, there was this grand jury indictment and, they, and all these players came forth and started signing confessions. And interestingly enough, Shoeless Joe signed with, the legend is that he signed with an X because he was actually illiterate. Like his wife would have to read all of this stuff yeah. to him. Um, but then there was like this bigger trial, right? And it's believed that the owners of the baseball teams and like, like high powered gamblers got together. It was all a sham. Everything was a sham. And it was, it was all fixed so that these guys would be cleared. And, and the trial lasted 11 days. All men were, uh, all eight guys were declared innocent to the point where the jurors of the, of the, um, trial hoisted the, the white Sox members onto their shoulders. That seems and a little paraded them. A out, little much. Out in outside. Oh my god! Yeah, like everybody was so happy that they were cleared because, I guess the whole the whole thing was that it was like America's favorite pastime was under scrutiny right, right now. Yeah. And to, to like if if they were found guilty, it would be like it would just blow. I kind of everything. I guess everything. Yeah. Right. But it was all crooked. Like they were they were declared innocent. But this judge who was um, judge. Kennesaw Mountain Landis, the very next day, he released this statement and he said, regardless of the verdict of juries, no player who throws a ball game, no player that undertakes or promises to throw a ball game, no player that sits in conference with a bunch of crooked players and gamblers where the ways and means of throwing a game are discussed and does not promptly tell his club about it will ever play professional baseball mm-hmm. these guys were banned for life oh so they even though they were found yeah, innocent like they, they, they weren't allowed to play they didn't baseball, go to jail yeah. they were this never, includes shoeless joe it does yeah and there are people to this day that are like this guy deserves to be in the in the um, hall baseball of hall of fame in fact the owner the cheap owner he's in the baseball hall of fame oh that's bullshit it's totally bullshit um now, just to come back to the say it ain't so kid, um, Jackson, again, I mentioned earlier, said that that never happened. He said the only person who spoke outside when they left the courtroom that day was a guy. Um, now, this is actually, I have to wind back a little bit. It's not the triumphant leaving of the court. It was when they first signed their um, confessions. There was a guy that said, um, uh, you see, I told you he wore shoes to his other friend. What does that mean? 
Well, because he's shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. And he walked down the steps with shoes on, I guess. Oh, okay. So that was the only sort of outside of the courtroom banter that was going on. Commentary. Yeah. Um, And again, that was back during the the, uh, confession signing. Now, that's pretty much the whole story. That's why it's known as the Black Sox. It's a rich tale, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah, This is like a little bit of a history lesson. Once again, we are coming back to baseball. Um, There's a lot of baseball idioms. Yeah. Once again, what do you mean? What was the last one we did? Um... I feel like I've, oh God, now I'm not going to be able to remember, <laughs> but I feel like it was always, um, the, uh, like, a the, the semen, uh, the church and say semen. Okay. And, uh, now I think that there's a lot of baseball idioms and horse racing and horse racing yeah. and cards and golf and golf. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much the story of where that comes from. But I just thought it would be important to know a couple of things about Shoeless Joe because he was that guy's name always stuck with me. And I was like, why is he known as that? I thought this was fascinating. In the year 1900, he was 13 year old. He's 13 years old. And um, the owners of something called the Brandon Mill baseball team came to his mom and were like, we want him to play for us. The other the other players were twice his age. Wow. He was 13 playing with 20 something year olds and he was originally a pitcher. But one day he threw, he threw a pitch that broke a dude's arm and then no one, everyone refused to hit against him. So then they made him play the out, the outfield. Wow. He's a prodigy, right? Oh no, he was dude. He was like, he's so good. Apparently, um, in, okay. And then, what you're probably wondering is where does the shoeless come from? So he did an interview in 1949, uh, a sports magazine. He says there was a game. He was on that team that I just mentioned before. He had blisters on his feet from some new cleats that he was wearing. So he goes up to bat, takes off his cleats and runs the bases with no shoes on. And there was a, a fan goes, um, you shoeless son of a gun, keep running. Um, so like that name. Fans really playing a big role stuck. in all yeah. the names that are uh, coming out yeah. of um, And you're wondering, was he really that good? Apparently he has the fourth highest uh, batting average in the history of Major League Baseball. And he actually was one of ours for a while in 1908 to 1909. He the was on, Phillies? He was on the Philadelphia Athletics. The Fightins. So that was... Pre-Phillies. Yeah, before, pre, Pre-Phillies. Okay. And um, if, you're, if you would like to hear a song that is not Weezer, uh, have a Say It Ain't So uh, reference. There's some something by Murray Head. There's a song called... <laughs> Everyone's Favorite... Artist. Say, it, say it ain't so, Joe. Um, I think it's from like the 70s. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is kind of sad and fun. Maybe it was the 80s. But why why is it sad? Because it sounds like it's like, well, Shoeless Joe's story is kind of sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it has like a somber tone. Yeah. So talk to me about his profession uh, post-baseball career. Oh. What did Joe get into? You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. So, because uh, I meant to put that in there. He was banned from playing um, professional baseball forever, but he he would play in semi-pro uh, leagues. Mm-hmm. And it, at one point, even in the movie, he was playing uh, under an, a different name. Like he called himself Mr. Brown, and he played for a team in Hoboken. Oh, okay. So Jersey. Uh huh. So he, he he continued to do that, and then he opened a barbecue restaurant. And, and also coached like little league Got and it. stuff. Okay, good. 
Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Joe's doing fine. That's a wrap Man, on Shoeless Joe. <laughs> and that's pretty much the most I'm willing to listen to about sports, by the way, too. You should watch. You should watch. Um, I'm busy that night, but the, I. What's the movie? But I'll watch the trailer. Only the eight. Only the eight. The lonely eight. Oh, eight men out. Eight men out. Okay. I don't have time to read the whole book. <laughs> okay, don't worry about that. But that's right. Shoeless Joe. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Next time you uh, hear the Weezer song, come on. You'll know the entire history, and whoever you're sitting next to, you can just tell them Tell them all that. Play this part of the episode. All right, we'll be right back after this little break. Thank you, Albert, for your idiom history. Hot dog. Hot dog. Hot diggity. back everyone why does um, tesla keep getting effed over <laughs> sorry there's uh, some mid-show researching regarding who the created the radio. first radio wave but uh, albert did show me the song by martin head what's his name murray head murray head called say it ain't so and uh the song sucks <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people said it brought them to their knees <laughs> It's not great, but if you want to check it out, maybe we'll play it. Maybe it'll be our mid show. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone's paying attention to whether Murray Head songs are being used in podcasts. Um, No one's paying attention. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it would be best if we asked permission to use Murray Head songs. He's (laughs) dead. We don't know that. Murray Head is dead. Or maybe he's just like scouring the internet. Is 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 anyone, anyone paying attention to me? Say it ain't so, Joe, baby. Yeah, oh, man. man, this spilled beer all over my jacket. Well, that's a nice jacket. Where'd um, you get that? It's not really that nice. I'm just a little... No, windbreaker? Well, windbreaker. Um, all right. Philly's you know what? colors. I, I felt like playing our show the other night was a nice way to, to dip back into our Halcyon days. Oh, yes. I've heard of this. Have Halcyon you? Halcyon days, yes. Does it have something to do with a fish? Um, maybe. Can't remember. What does it mean? Like, I feel like Halcyon days is like saying like the good old days. No. A time, a time when we were, my Halcyon days would be like, like a time when everything was great. It's often used to describe an idyllic time in the past that is remembered as better than today. Sure. So but ca- it's, characterized by happiness, great success, yeah. prosperity, but isn't the golden just, age for, yeah, yeah. for you. But right though, but isn't that all just so like, it's like the, how memory doesn't it's nostalgia. work good. Yeah. And yeah. like, it really wasn't that, like you were miserable then too. For sure. Yeah. But, I, and I think in our, when we were teenagers, we were not enjoying. I was never happy. You know, yeah. We were, <laughs> we were fucking but so I, moody as but teenagers. You're, you're right. It's a perfect time to bring up Halcyon days because of like doing the show and like jumping back seven. Like I mean, we were, we like, were playing songs that we wrote when we were years. teenagers. Yeah, and you're just like, 
if you could just give yourself a noogie and be like, get out there and just enjoy being young. I mean, there were a couple people there, some who I knew and some who I didn't know, that were like, I used to come to your shows all the time. Like, thank right. you for like transporting me back like 20 years, you know, to my halcyon days, right? To my halcyon wow, days. That's cool. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, like we were doing that for ourselves too, by playing right. songs that we wrote over 20 years ago. But, um, yeah, so, so, so that's what halcyon days means. I know some, some of you will have heard of this. Some of you, it might be new. Any guess about, um, where this comes from. All right. So I'll be honest. I have come across this idiom before. And I don't know why I'm getting this fish thing. Like I I don't remember where it came from. So I'm just going to run with the fish. thing. Okay. Sure. Um, Okay. So there was a time when fish ruled the world. The halcyon was a fish. Okay. Okay, and it was like huge, like, like now nowadays, like you ever seen those like Wicked Tuna shows or something? I mean, oh, they yeah, can yeah. get really big, big, big yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But a halcyon was like, you're talking like five. ancient giant, fish. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's it almost to me sounds like you're talking about almost like a myth, like a Greek mythology type fish mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, right. But you know, so there's this kid. And he's like fishing in, you know, Crystal Lake. And this like is a Greek myth? Freaking or? Audubon or something. Oh, okay. And his grandfather is like, he's like, uh, what are you catching? He's like, oh, you know, just sunnies, grandpa, just sunnies. You know, like sunnies. Remember catching sunnies? Sure, a little They're fish, so little. Right? Yeah. And he's like, back in my day, there was the halcyon fish. And, you know, he's like, um, this fish was so big you could live in it and that's what they would do they would like they would they would catch these giant fish and then you they had this process of like drying them out in such a way and you could yeah you could bring them up and you could like gut them all out and then you could make oh houses halcyon halcyon wow and you could make windows out of the eyes and the doors the mouth and the bones. It, it, you sounds know, like like when, a, it sounds like a Studio Ghibli house. Sure, actually. You know, like we I'm should, starting to picture we that. We should pitch this, actually. <laughs> I don't think they're interested in what we have to say. But if they <laughs> steal it and then we're like, oh, turn pockets out. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so the, the, the Halcyon fish was, uh, that's that's what you would do. And then what was, what was great about it was you could, um, you could live in it and you could also, when you like gut it, then that's all the stuff that you eat mm-hmm. while you live inside of the fish. Got it, yeah. So the grandpa, I mean, he's not actually old enough. Like if we're talking like modern day, whatever, he's like talking about a story that his grandfather told about. Like, you right. know, he's just like the story of the halcyon fish. But there's still like the good old days vibe to it. Absolutely. Like when we like, used to live in a giant fish. No traffic. Mm, that <laughs> you know, does sound good. Like none. Right. They didn't even have carts. Yeah. But um, I'm going to say that's where it comes from. Great. And you could use the fish for lots of stuff. Great. I love. <laughs> so <laughs> it could be a broom. It could be your food. You it, could be your it, bed, it, it could be your bed. It could be your living room. Do. Sure. Yeah. So. It's a big old fish. I mean, it's clear to me that you've, you've, 
at one point read about it because the word fish was in your head. That's the only mythology was in your head. Oh wait, it does come from Greek mythology. Okay, that part was sort of that was that was just like a whiff. Like I was just trying to. And there is no direct fish involved in the story. Okay, good. But (laughs) the bird that it's associated with is a kingfisher. Oh, that's probably that's probably what I'm. Which is a bird that will will dive into the ocean to retrieve fish and come back out. Okay. Okay. So in ancient in the ancient times, and uh, this does come from Greek mythology. It's it's something we've we've, we've gotten from Ovid and his uh, collection Metamorphoses. Mm. But it was the seven days in winter when storms never occur. All right, so the Halcyon days was mm. actually a specific period, um, basically like from December fourteenth to the the twenty second about. And that's interesting that it's in winter because I would think this is more of a spring summer kind of an event, right? Well, how it's which is what's interesting about how it's sort of morphed into like days, like the better days, nostalgic days. But because it's supposed to represent seven days of calmness before winter gets going, Mm -hmm. that's what maybe that's why it's like. Uh, sure, it has that positive connotation. Maybe eye of the storm. Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get. I'll tell you the story about how how this period of time came to be yeah. referred to as the Halcyon days. So, um, so this is this is a myth that I'm gonna that I'm gonna talk to you about, and uh, there there are several versions of it, but I'm gonna mostly be looking at Ovid's. So there was a king named uh, Syx, and he was the son of the morning star. Lucifer. Mm. Did you know Lucifer comes from Greek mythology? No. Yeah. So I'm like, I keep on looking up all this stuff about about Lucifer and the devil. I mean, I always kind of am, but like, (laughs) Lucifer is a a Greek mythological character. Interesting. Who who was the uh, the morning star? And then like, it's just so funny because the devil, the way that he's perceived by Christians, it so just comes from so many different places. Well, right, just it's another just thing they stole, right? Right, exactly. I always wondered because his name sounds so nice, Lucifer Morning Star. Like, yeah, it, and, I mean, it means the light of the morning. It's beautiful. Right. The light of truth. <laughs> truth. And uh, anyway, so so King Syx was the son of the morning star, and he had a wife, Alcyon, and she was the daughter of the king of the winds. And mm. if you've ever read the Odyssey, power couple, King of the. <laughs> yeah. If you ever read the Odyssey, King of the Winds plays a, a pretty important role in Odysseus getting um, returning home. King Aeolus gives him a bag of winds to to bring him back to Ithaca. That's cool. Uh, but his men open it up too soon, and then they, they get blown. Of course. Um, I so, mean, yeah, wind is so important wind. back then because all you had was ships, right? Right. <laughs> like, so, that, so that's an important king. Yeah. So Syx, he had to travel to the Oracle of Delphi, or Delphi, classic Philadelphia, brother of Delphi. Oh, um, and he'd be gone. He told his wife he was going to be gone for two months. So Alcyon, as the daughter of the King of Winds, um, she knew that it would be a rough voyage to travel on the seas, and you know she's like, "Listen, my dad, you know, he just wins it up." Yeah, you and know he it, does not he does care, not care. Or listen to me. <laughs> no, so it's like, be careful. Like I, I really, really wish you wouldn't go. And he's like, baby, I love you. It's gonna be fine. Don't worry. I'll be back in two months, and I'll see you soon. My dad's friggin' Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
So he went out, you know, he went out and uh, he was he was at sea and all of a sudden a terrible storm started kind of rising. There were huge waves and thunder and lightning and scary. he was screaming to his men like pull in your oars and and lower the sails and they couldn't hear him over all the thunder though right. and <laughs> they all sank and died. <laughs> You should have texted him. And one of the story, there's, there is a. Uh, oh, they're all. He died. He died. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, did his like ghost somehow come back and like keep going? No, unfortunately you know, not. But like, he did. He was praying like, oh my god, I love my wife so much. And, <laughs> it's not really a prayer. <laughs> and like you know, oh, he prayed that his body would be washed back ashore to her. Oh yeah, yeah, that was his prayer. That's nice. Um, there is a, a different version of the story that says that um, Zeus was the one responsible for sending a thunderbolt down. Oh, I could see that. Because Zeus is such a dick. He's a huge dick. Um, but because Syx and Alcyon would always lovingly, lovingly refer to each other as Zeus and Hera, hmm. and Hera was his wife. So, like, you know, just to mean that they're both the greatest ever. Right. And so he didn't like that. He didn't them. like that. He didn't sure. like them using those nicknames. Sure. So while, while Syx was out to sea, he sent a thunderbolt down. Um, but that, that's one version of the story. Interesting. So, yeah. So Alcyon was waiting at home and she was praying to Juno, asking her to bring her husband home safely. And uh, Juno already knew that he was dead. And she's like, ah, oh, shit, I feel really bad about all this. <laughs> so she told Iris, who's the rainbow goddess, to go to sleep, to to find sleep and tell him to send her a dream that revealed the truth of what happened to Syx out at sea. Wow. By I, the way, I, just to jump in, yeah. I've never heard someone say go to sleep right. and mean to go <laughs> Literally and go see to sleep. I love that. Sleep, right. I love that. Who I, I think his, his Greek name is, is Hypnos. That's like the, oh, the god sure. of sleep. Yeah, yeah. As a Sandman fan, you'll mm-hmm. appreciate this. So Iris goes to sleep and goes, hey, can you please send a dream to Alcyon? Um, to let to let her know that her husband has has died at sea, and so he wakes Morpheus. Oh, King of Dreams! King of Dreams! Yes. Um, and Morpheus is one of a thousand sons that sleep has. Okay. But Morpheus is the best at imitating humans, which is why he sends Morpheus specifically. Okay. So so there's a lot of king like a lot of dream in Greek mythology. Yeah, in, of, in Greek okay. mythology, there's sleep, which is hypnos. And he has a thousand sons and they all, you know, they can all have the gift of providing dreams and nightmares and things like that. So, yeah. So Neil Gaiman's Sandman is is a, you know, a derivation of that. He's always going for that Greek mythology. He loves it. Yeah. And he does it in such a a, a great way. He does. So anyway, um, so Iris, um, yeah, so she leaves and Morpheus goes, he flies to Alcyon and he, he, takes on the form of King Syx and he stands by her bed and he like basically is a ghost and he's dripping seawater standing by her bed. Sure. And like tears are mixing with the seawater that's running down his face and his beard. Beautiful. And he says, Oh my love, do you see me? Have I changed in death? Cherish no hope for my return. My ship went down in a storm far out at sea and I died calling your name. Arise now and weep for me. So she wakes up and she's like, oh my God, wait, it was just a dream. But what if it was real? 
She's like, Iris, I had the weirdest dream. <laughs> Thank God that's not true. Because that would be really, that would be, that would be a bummer. <laughs> but she looks at the window and she sees a man's body floating in the waves, um, you know, leading toward the shore. And she's like, oh, I feel so bad for that wife, wh- whoever that sailor's <laughs> wife is. And then like, as he gets closer, she's like, oh, that guy's fine. So he got his wish. <laughs> he got his wish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the gods did well, grant his closure. wish. It would be nice if they had granted his wish to not drown to death, but sure. At well, least- did he wish for that? Um, I don't know. He should have wished for that that. first. And then as a backup. Yeah. You know, you you dig into any of these Greek mythological tales with a little too much logic. Yeah. They they start to to break away. So anyway, um, she realized it was her husband and she rushed out into the sea. And so, so imagine her like running into the water and like, you know, the waves are hitting Mm -hmm. her, but she's not sinking. Slowly, her arms are turning into wings, oh. and she's flapping above the water. Whoa! And she goes out farther and farther towards his body, and so she's basically flying above the water. And then she she is turning into a bird, and so Whoa. she she kisses Sykes's lifeless, like cold lips with her beak, and then they both turn into these halcyon birds, which we know as kingfisher birds. So he does come back. He comes back to life. Yes. Just as a bird. And and, she, and the gods, you know, the gods allow this to, you know, they they, they feel for this couple. And right. so they go, all right. Let's, it's kind well, of our fault. It's kind of our fault because we control everything. So yeah. you can fuck your fucking birds now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, this is this is the how this like myth um, ends and the ancient belief is that this bird would oh nest out at sea, and so because her her father was the king of winds, he would stop the wind oh, for sure. seven days and allow her to nest to, at sea. Yeah, what do they lay eggs out there? That that was like an ancient belief, but it's not okay. true. That, yeah, like, I was gonna you know, say that's I think crazy, maybe right? at the shore, like on the, on yeah. the beach or yeah. whatever, they do it. But uh, because because Alcyon what turned into this bird, yeah, King Aeolus would stop the wind from happening. Yeah, that's like early science. I feel like you know, it's like the things you perceive, you try to you know, you try to attach. Uh, most mythological like, tales me, like are meaning to yeah, of yeah. course. Now, where'd the H come from? You were saying Alcyon. Where's the Halcyon come from? I think it's just over time. You know, yeah. Also, like. I'm sure in, in the original Greek, the word is slightly different. You know sure. What I mean? Yeah. Um, so it just it just it just kind okay. of changed. And also, like Halcyon is, is a even though like a, I think a, a a species of bird is named after that. It's really a kingfisher. Yeah. And like you know, so there, there's also that. It's just like there's these two separate sort of things: the mythological tale of it, and also you nice. know the words that we use for you know, the actual animal. Awesome. So it wasn't until the 16th century that Halcyon days lost its association with like this nesting time in ancient Greece. And it took on a figurative meaning. And so Shakespeare, mm-hmm. we see him use there um, he is. Halcyon days in Henry the six. And he says, assigned am I to be the English scourge this night. The siege is surely I'll raise except St. Martin's summer Halcyon days. Since I've entered into these wars. Um, so we see it used figuratively there. And Shakespeare. He, he's always 
you know, well, and Shakespeare a, and Chaucer. And a neat tie-in, Canterbury Tales. Oh, Canterbury um, Tales. The neat, a neat tie-in is like uh, in the Sandman series, there's that part where he, Dream Morpheus makes a deal with Shakespeare, who was mm-hmm. like a junk, like, po- like poet wannabe. Um, <clears throat> and then he starts becoming this like prolific writer. Um, it's just funny that like Shakespeare is back in here and then, oh, then, yeah, then yeah, the Neil yeah. Gaiman and then, you know the Morpheus <laughs> it's the, all connected the Norse. it's so connected um so yeah so anyway our current use it's more about nostalgic you know recalling um our our day our days of youth as being you know just like sunny and and beautiful and and you simple know, simple and uh which is a little ironic because the Halcyon days as a, as a time period takes place in December in the winter. You know what I mean? Shocking. Which is kind of what Shocking. you brought up earlier, yes. earlier on. So that's pretty much it. Um, the other thing that I was going to say was that the Kingfisher is associated with other powers relating to the weather. Like in the medieval times, it was thought that if the dried carcass of a Kingfisher was hung up, it would always point its beak in the direction of the wind. Whoa. Yeah. So maybe don't Neat. do that because that would be a little weird. Well, you if know. you find it, if you find a dead kingfisher yeah, yeah, and you, you do that, so it. don't That's kill fine. it. You know, we are a, a pro animal. Yeah, even though I'm not a bird guy, I'm really not. But I don't want to kill them. Mm-hmm. You don't want to kill birds. No. But will you eat a chicken finger? Oh, I'm pro chicken finger. <laughs> I'm going to eat that. I just, you know, the whole. I'll eat a chicken finger. Yeah, you know, birds as pets. I, I just, it's just different. That's a different kind it's of thing. It's a whole different thing. But yeah. that's great. Oh man, I love it. So that's um all she wrote on that on Halcyon Days. Great. And uh, you know, if if you're older like us, you Oof. know, forty ish. Sorry. You know take your Ben Gay. Feel free to feel free to bring that bring that back into your you know, your common day, everyday speech. Ah, uh, my Halcyon days, the Halcyon days of when Joe Biden was a young buck. There's this band riding I, horses naked. Joe Biden's balls, back. <laughs> hanging out. There's this uh, band I like called Prawn. Have you ever heard of? Uh, you might. Are they punk? Before no, oh, they're God, not. They're kind of like. Are they local? I don't know what they'd be considered, but they have an album called Kingfisher. Oh, there cool. might even be a song called Halcyon Days, but it's very. It makes me. It makes me calm. Oh, and okay. comfortable. Nice, but also. I like, I get a little pumped. A little They're pumped. Pretty good. Draws a calm. Prawn's pretty cool. All right, cool. We'll check them out. Uh, anyway, well, thanks for listening today. We hope that you are, are inspired to use a couple new idioms in your daily speech. And uh, check us out on our Patreon. Uh, you can order postcards, magnets, T-shirts from our Bandcamp. There's still a couple shirts left, but don't, they're going fast. Don't people. be an idiom.bandcamp.com. We do. We have a couple shirts left, and um, and uh, let me see anything. Don't else? forget to listen to Lucky Star on Bandcamp <laughs> also because they're do that. awesome. <laughs> what? Why not? It's, it's the same. The time is past. No, the time is past. This is the last time we get to mention it. Uh, this is the last. We time We just we're played the show. It. Okay. Um, the other thing is. Enjoy your summer. We're here for you. Yeah, we're here for you. And uh, look out for the what? 
good Episode times. 80. The good times. Yeah. Oh, guys. Yeah. Next time it's going to be a big. We'll be drinking eggs. Eight zero. We'll be yeah. drinking eggs in two weeks. Eight eggs. <laughs> eight. No, we're done with that. We're just doing the single <clears throat> egg. Did we get yelled at last time? Nope. No. Nope. People are just glad there's an egg. All right, right, right. I, well, from what I understand. Maybe we'll just have, always have two eggs. For one the, for each. One for each. Yeah. Uh, or two for one person. Oh. All right. Well, until next time, don't, don't be, be an idiot. Shut up.